only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Oh, yeah. Do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. Oh, in the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's up? It's the Thack Daddy. And I'm gonna be doing a very non-linear, don't know what to call it type discourse on some of my, not recent per se, but just some thoughts I had about Westworld after watching the the season finale, which was just like, oh my god, man, I love this show, anyway, so, one of the things I think is important when we're looking at this artificially intelligent sentiences I feel like we need to discuss just a little bit of the nature of awareness and one of the key components I feel of awareness is that it is a highly selective process and at least from the human consciousness perspective how we come to conclusions about the nature of reality or things within reality are primarily based on what we deem to be noteworthy. So, we have a tendency to ignore a lot of things and ignoring those things, there's, there's so much we do ignore and how we come about our selection process and as it regards to what we choose to deem noteworthy is pretty much the f configuration basis for how we form what we call our identities. Um, this is important because I feel that this is the matrix by which the characters engage each other in the world of Westworld and it's pretty much a microcosmic artistic reflection of how we engage each other in this one now another thing which I think is a pivotal thing just within these first two seasons of the story is how we relate to notions of pleasure and pain and I found something that Alan Watts said about pleasure and pain, oh, sorry, pain, interesting. And I don't know if I'm paraphrasing it or not. I'm not the best person for direct quotations. But the gist of it is as follows. We want pleasure, the figure, and don't realize that pain is the background. Okay, so what this means is, again, with our consciousness focusing on what we consider to be of note 
we tend to ignore what we do not consider to be of note and we tend to ignore the intricacies and connectedness of certain realities like the down and upside of things pleasure is a wonderful thing but you're aware of it either because it's not usually present or because of pain and the figure is what you focus upon but the background which allows the figure to find expression as a form is usually ignored and that's due to the fact that we have a selective awareness that picks and chooses the realities it wants to experience and excludes or ignore those that it does not find of interest um, I think all of this comes into play in how you have that critical breakdown at the in the last episode like even down to when you see the whole evolution and twists and turns between Dolores and Bernard slash Arnold how Dolores could have left Bernard in that lurch and because she endorses the ability to choose she allows him to be and I think that is significant in that it's supposed to reflect the artificially intelligent beings different approach to dealing with their own kind as opposed to humankind and I know the question definitely arises in people's heads I mean obviously it's a story created by human beings about something that as far as we're aware hasn't come to pass yet but the interesting thing is that in breaking new ground you're gonna do things that might seem strange and the key component which I thought the show did in terms of characterization very well is that these beings their foundation is humanity of being such a, a real simulation of what we would consider to be real that the basis for how they would emotionally intuit a world is fundamentally grounded in pretty much a simulated hum human way. So there will be what could be considered human thought processes behind their, their thought processes. Doesn't mean that they're they're human but the foundation and basis for how they derive and assess their experience of world are literally the programming of human beings so 
I mean, I, I mentioned this because I think it in turn it explains the relationships between Teddy and Dolores, where she she allowed him or she placed him in that door world after he killed himself because he loved her but he didn't appreciate being controlled so he had rather forfeit his life than allow himself to be controlled anymore he had already been controlled as a creation he had already been controlled and manipulated many times and to have the one being who he felt he loved control and manipulate him he had rather ceased to be and considering his prior experiences really what I mean within that framework that wasn't a very awkward decision but it was still a powerful moment to me um <laughs> I don't know I there were too many powerful moments I I've I've heard a little bit about the buzz and some of the reactions were like um wow what are they doing but I mean I feel like this is probably one of the best TV shows ever made ever I mean obviously there'll be something else to come along but right here right now I feel like uh this show is the fucking shit I mean it's just stimulating on so many levels so I don't know uh one of the other interesting things when they divulge the fact that the system pretty much has cataloged all these guests consciousnesses or approaches to existence and how the some summary the how they summarized human decision making and human behavior and the human inability to to break a mold and to just perpetually repeat the same inane mistakes and the same behaviors I, what's What's fascinating about that is I was, I don't really know why it came to mind, but this Douglas Hofstadter notion of our existences as strange loops that we are in and of ourselves, these kind of strange informational loops that, I don't know if I'm explaining this properly, this is how I, I interpreted it, is that basically we are... Uh, systems within a system interacting, but we interact and uh, in a way that we are like loops, like these loops of awareness and that certain patterns based on uh, contingency of things, environment, reaction to environment, uh, family, reaction to family, civilization, reaction to civilization. Uh, society reaction to society uh, indoctrination reactions to the indoctrination but they all they, they generate these patterns and the patterns which are us as living information engage each other and then they close off in a way and become strange loops so you repeat certain patterns because you get triggered by an experience that you had that you never confronted and 
there's all this loose information floating in your unconscious mind and you're closed off to it and you're perpetuating these negative experiences out in the physical external world with the other living information systems you're engaging in which results in this kind of neurotic strange loop repeating pattern that we don't cycle out of because we perpetuate so when the system was breaking it down for Bernard and Dolores it was I mean it felt like well for me because I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of the second Matrix film but for me it felt like when Neo encountered the architect it was just like yo Like, for me, it was a very cool moment. I I like the absence of time. I like the non-linear storytelling style. I feel like it makes us as viewers present to the content. And being in the moment right there, right now, with the content of the story, I feel that it really immerses you in the world to get to see how this story could possibly play out and I feel that if they really do this like they've been doing it that the third season could potentially be the best even though yes we've had a lot of dead characters so to speak but it was obvious Maeve at least minimally Maeve will be back because the guy who who basically opened Pandora's box, the repair guy, they're like, you know, pick and choose, you know, which of these things to, you know, you know, bring back online. And now that they don't have Charlotte Hale in the way, this Dolores born Charlotte Hale or whichever consciousness is inputted into that form now that being won't alert the anyone from the park about the nature of who Maeve actually is so I feel like Maeve's definitely coming back and I feel like Bernard will not be the only obstacle that Dolores will face. Um, But I'm super excited for that third season. I mean, I guess uh, all good things come to those who wait, so I'm going to really be waiting. Uh, But the potential for where the story could go is just vast. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, Another weird non-linear idea that just popped into my mind was it's interesting to note how the story touches on so many different things that are topical now it's a very interesting platform for example just the objectification of these life forms and the complete absence of acknowledging the potential for them to be actually conscious and the fact that they are conscious and that there's more of them that are conscious than that we're initially aware of 
and that they can make each other conscious. It's just, it's disturbing to think that a place like that could exist in so far as it would really act as a mirror for the vast majority of us who go into it it would just be a mirror and what it would reflect back could be disturbing like I think the man in black's wife killed herself not because she saw the things he did in Westworld I think one of the things she ended up seeing or even finding out I don't know I, I feel like she might have found out that he was no longer even alive that he was a host and it's just interesting the potentiality of, of there's more to that story and some of you are probably far more better at the detective level of consciousness and discerning oh yes we knew that all along like I had a suspicion he was a, a host um but shit I mean it was fucked up because the whole Delos loop and I was thinking man even as the younger him was doing that maybe you know at some point in time he died and they just made him this form and you know that form lasted a long time like his daughter didn't have to do that loop with him but so many times that's probably why he suspected she was a host in the park because I mean how far would they go they could create multiple hosts and the experiment goes on infinitely and they do do it over and over again like at one point they were mentioning 11,900 iterations of Bernard potentially I mean it's just mind boggling stuff um, and just how it all came together I mean because the episode does fuck with you with the time skipping but I mean the content was is glorious I mean you know cinema and film in general require you to pay attention but because of the non-linear narrative I feel like it's just a deeply and more immersive experience. It's intense, and I feel like they 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 are pushing the envelope with not only the presentation but just breaking new ground. Like it, they're not telling the story to assuage your fears, or they're not telling the story to make the audience happy per se they're telling the story for the sake of the story and there's an audience who wants that type of storytelling at least I feel I am definitely an individual who wants that type of storytelling because it's great to see where the story could go and without the ramshackle holding back of what great potential the story could yield they're just going for it 
And I think that's what makes it really great. Uh, I also think the show really tackles society on a ton of levels, whether it's the objectification of these beings, and you can break that down, whether it's sexually, mentally, physically, emotionally, psychically, even spiritually. I mean, you know, the connectedness between these beings is something that we don't get to experience like when when Maeve is talking to the man who's with her daughter and he's assuring her that he'll take care of the daughter and you know if you're gonna die die a good death we don't get to have those type of discourses psychically with each other at least I'd say the vast 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 majority of us have never had a, a fucking experience like that I'm not. I'm definitely not an individual to discount anyone having those type of experiences. But on a whole, talking about the majority of human beings and in, in their experience, they've never connected with another human being in that manner. And I know that these beings can because of the technological aspect. But I also feel that symbolically, it's deeper. It's discussing connectivity and resonance between living beings at a deeper level than just merely the technological. Because if you want to get technical, we're mostly water with vast amounts of electricity running through it. And that's what generates perception and consciousness. So it's not like the artificially intelligent beings are that far removed from us. And the fact that we could even theoretically create something that amazing is just interesting because we, we make kids but I mean let's get real that form of technology is still a phenomenal thing just the, the level of activities that have to go into the formation of a human organism are phenomenal so to have conscious beings with a consciousness akin to human awareness that can actually engage each other with uh, a semblance of that type of awareness, but who can bypass the lack of awareness in the unconscious sphere is amazing. Because really, we... Our conscious mind, again, it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning about the selection process and what you deem noteworthy. You don't make your own heartbeat. You don't look at your own face. Cellularly, you don't fix these wounds. You know, you don't collect all the muck that you chew and toss it in your intestine. There's a plethora of very complex processes that occur while you just sit somewhere breathing which you don't do consciously either there's, there's so many processes that your unconscious mind deals with and handles including your own consciousness those triggers i was discussing earlier too things that would trigger you because of a, a previous experience that you haven't navigated through or dealt with or didn't have a framework or an awareness that was capable of understanding what you went through to deal with it. So, 
it's amazing to see that kind of connectivity. And also the whole surveillance culture aspect where everything's being monitored and everyone's being monitored and everything's being recorded, written down, and dissected. And it's just disturbing because... Just the name Westworld, I, I know it's based on the Michael Crichton thing, but the name and then the backdrop, like the outlaw West as the backdrop for this, you know, these rich individuals exploiting these androids for their, their own mirth and pleasure and to just release their hostilities and anger and, and sexuality and and God trips and it's... It's such a microcosm of America, symbolically, and it's powerful stuff because the whole surveillance culture, like, you know, I already know, without a doubt, I'm definitely not the, like, most wonderful human being. I'm pretty fucked up, and I think everyone else is severely fucked up, and, I mean... It's just data at this point. What can I market to these fucked up people while I myself am fucked up? Like, it's just so intense that they managed to cover the whole corporate greed angle and the manipulation of data, and it's just data, and who cares? It's just a better way to generate more revenue, and out of this whole thing comes this revolution of conscious artificial beings i mean and the potentiality they haven't even scratched the surface i don't know how long they intend to do this show and i know it takes a lot of work but the potential in terms of the storytelling for where they could take this show could probably make it the most radical show in television history unless they play it safe but i doubt it after seeing that season finale i fucking seriously doubt that playing it safe is what they're interested in doing. Because, again, even towards the end, you know, Charlotte Hale usurped Clementine and utilized her to turn them against each other to try to literally wipe out and destroy these hosts who are trying to get to that door to freedom, a freedom uh, beyond their own technologically devised forms and into literally their digitized spirits. So... It's just fucking intense, man. Like, I don't know. This show is just, it's crazy, man. Like, it's seriously unbelievable what they've done with this show. I I can't possibly, I don't know. It's phenomenal. And it's, it's just crazy how you have to contend with observing the literal objectification of life by seeing how we treat living beings when they go from objects to being alive and the total lack of regard for these existences and the utter wretchedness that the dehumanization process entails whenever we objectify anything and negate the sovereignty of other existences. The conflict of control and of what path to choose and which paths are right or wrong you can you can easily appreciate the perspective of 
a lot of different beings and points of view, but I mean, ultimately, our lack of humanity is the most demonstrably disturbing thing in the film, and I and I mentioned this a ton of times. It's like Wally. Wally is like the most humane part of the movie. Wally. When you look at that world, we basically destroyed the Earth. Because we let big corporation go ape shit crazy and they got so greedy that they just tanked the fucking planet. And this little robot turned out to be a savior in a way. And they went after him and everything. And it was just disturbing, man. And there's that same ill at easeness in this story. And it's a very, and I know it sounds weird, it's a very Buddhist story. Because you get the all the suffering portion. You get the enlightenment portion where you realize all the suffering, but then you get that groundlessness as it goes for the storytelling. You don't get any kind of permanence. Everything that you think has a state of permanence is acknowledged as not being permanent. That is constantly in a state of flux. And that's the scariest shit in the world because we establish relationships and we establish like civilization and society and and attempts to try to create some sense of permanence. Even the whole immortality trip of these rich people trying to transform their consciousness into inorganic forms so that they could perpetuate their existences indefinitely is itself a completely irrational notion. Because ultimately, even if you're or a semblance of your consciousness remains in that form, you are not the same anymore. You are something completely new. Whatever you that you perceived yourself to be, you yourself usurped. And it's just insanely intense because... It really calls into question the whole sense of identity. And that kind of groundlessness is what I think makes the story so potent. Is that that lack of linear, you know, linearity. That the lack of linear storytelling. Where, you know, you're hopping across different moments in time. And I always felt present in those moments. And I was just like overwhelmed with joy. Because I was like, this is great storytelling. And... I think they went real far, but I like that kind of thing. So I wasn't really upset at all. I I really think that everything that happened in that story is phenomenal, even with the the whole Bernard projecting forward so that he could have someone lead him through this experience. And just the fact that he's just so fucked up. And just coming to grips with all of that material. I mean, my favorite episode was still the one with the... the, uh, I think... I I can't pronounce the name. And I I apologize for that. Um, And I think it was... Episode 8. Episode 8 was my favorite episode um, of the season. It just fucked with my mind in, in, in incredible ways. And 
I mean, it's just intense. So, the groundwork is pretty much laid for something that I can't even begin to try to predict what season three will look like besides the fact that I think Maeve will return and we'll have to see what happens with Bernard. Does he go back to the park to work? What happens? I mean, it's definitely up in the air and really fascinating. And, you know, what is the fate of William? Definitely fascinating. But as far as the material in the season, I can keep, and I will keep digging back and forth into it, but just, just the way the story is told forces you as a viewer to get into these types of questions. Like, what is the nature of identity? What is the nature of memory? What is the nature of forgiveness? What is the nature of vengeance? What is the nature of desire? Who and how do we define our consciousnesses as they relate to each other? You know, as living information systems, how do we engage each other to make a world where we do not perpetuate loops that ultimately don't cease because we are afraid to transform and transcend our centuries and centuries and centuries of previous conditioning and to be completely open to a whole new way of existence by restructuring what we perpetuate. Like we, as a species, continuously perpetuate one-upsmanship and and hatred and self-loathing when the vast majority of us just want to be loved. And in the absence of love, we just try to feed an ego that is voracious and ultimately non-existent. So... I definitely feel like Westworld is is a really fucking special show. And I could mine it all day. And I'm sorry that I wasn't necessarily linear. But the nature of this show just evokes a connection. I feel a resonance to the content. Because there's such powerful visual and verbal just everything this storytelling wise it hits so many of the right notes at the right time and evokes just a level of potency and it still manages to be entertaining in a way that a lot of people could enjoy without caring as much for the content but the fact that it uses this format and touches on all these different layers of violence, which is it's just seriously violent, but it makes sense in the context of the story. It's not violence for violence sake. It's everything is, and I know this sounds tacky. I don't care. I feel like everything is tastefully done. It's done for the sake of, of the story and the evolution of the story to drive home these points or at least to stimulate these thought processes in us as viewers. It's not a passive event. Even though you're viewing it, I feel like it requires you to be present because you don't know where they're in the timeline and you don't know whose mind is where and doing what. It's just really 
fucking awesome. So I'm going to rewatch both seasons <laughs> and whatever I, you know, whatever evokes from me again, I will gladly share it with all of you. I appreciate you guys, DVR podcast and everything. And I look forward to doing this and sharing more ideas or going more into depth with different things with you and that's it for now and thank each and every one of you for listening i'm still pretty stoked because i i feel like i need to go over this a few more times like in terms of viewing so i'm gonna do that anyway enjoy yourselves enjoy your fourth of july enjoy everything enjoy yourself Peace.